The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we are talking to the queen of courageous content herself, Janet Murray. She had a podcast with one million downloads and did what every entrepreneur does, and she shut it down. She started a planner by accident, kind of on a whim, and she now turned it into a multi-six-figure planner planner business every single year. And today, we're going to talk about how do you find content ideas that actually support and promote your products and services. And Rob, she's the first guest we've ever had back. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Now, before we get into it, if you would like our list of the top 10 books we recommend that you read if you want to improve your email marketing, it's one of the really cool free resources that you'll find by going over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash resources. Honestly, go through this list of books. They're not all about email marketing. In fact, most of them aren't, but they're going to help you to level up in the skills that will have a massive, massive impact on your email marketing. He lived exclusively off Greg's sausage rolls and microwave meals for the last two and a half weeks. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he has a favourite fork. It's the psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Go on then, ask me about my fork. So, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, why do you have a f- What's special about the fork that makes it your favourite? You know when you, like, you, make, you have to make something, you have to whip like... Um, cream or Yorkshire puddings or something like that. Right. There's one fork which just does a slightly better job than everything else. It's narrower, it's fancier, and it's from me grandma. Oh. This is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every Email Marketing Wednesday. I'm pissed off by how well Email Marketing Wednesday is catching on. People posting it in the group, people hashtagging it even before Kennedy's even done anything about it every single Wednesday. (laughs) Bastard. Ah, winter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) This week's episode is sponsored by ResponseSuite.com, the survey, quiz, and application form tool that we created to integrate with your marketing systems to make you more sales. You can take a 14-day trial for just $1 at ResponseSuite.com. So, Rob, we've got Janet Murray back on the show. I think Janet was our first ever guest on this particular podcast. And so she's waiting in the wings. Um, She's, uh, you know, been to the loo. She's ready. And we, uh, one of these three things is true about Janet Murray. Okay. Rob, Janet Murray needs to keep a nice straight face, please, Janet. I'm going to look Rob, away. one of these three things is true. Close your eyes, no looking. Did she think, uh, had she thought her car had been stolen, but she'd actually left the handbrake off and it rolled away? <laughs> Did she almost collect the wrong child from school on her daughter's first day? Or had she? did she teach the wrong subject for an entire lesson when she was a substitute teacher? Oh, those are all so good. Yes, aren't they, though? <laughs> I'm aren't not they? saying Janet is, would do any of those things, but like they all sound like things that Janet could have done. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for car rolling down a hill. Like That's likely to have killed somebody. I don't think that happened. Uh, 
the wrong child no i don't think that was it i know janet used to be a teacher and you know that so you could have made that up in order to throw me off i think it's the last one i think she taught the wrong subject as a substitute teacher Janet, which one's true? The first one, the uh, yeah, leaving. Yes. The car rolled down <laughs> yeah. a hill. Well, kind of down a hill, yeah. I left. Um, I parked up in Blue Water, which is a shopping centre, uh, just just by the Dartford Bridge. Um, if um, you're from the UK, and um, when I got back, there were some plastic bags kind of stuffed under my front wheels, and me and my mum was with me, and my mum was like oh, this is obviously a scam. There's people in that car over there. They're trying to like break into your car or steal things off you. And um, we went off very, you know, we removed all the stuff. There was a cone stuff behind the back of one of my my tires, but still I was like, no, I put the handbrake on. And then the next day I rang up the security guys and said, hey, something really strange happened to my car. I had all these bags stuffed under my front wheels and there was a, there was a cone under the back wheel. And he's like, yeah, love, you left the hand, handbrake off and your car was wrong. <laughs> 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 but we were convinced, oh, like my mum was convinced it was some like crazy scam and people were trying to steal all my stuff and steal my shopping and, and whatever. But I left the handbrake off, yeah. And I posted about it on Facebook. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> love it. I love it. One of the things that uh, we've known about you, for, I mean, a lot of people know about you is you're really... Great, and you find it naturally quite easy by the by the looks of it, anyway. To you, to generate content, like you just create so much stuff. You've got your fabulous, courageous content podcast. You've got Facebook, everything, and Twitter, and all, all the Instagrams and everything. What? How do you think you're able to produce so damn much stuff? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I think first of all because I enjoy it and. I would much rather be doing that than lots of other things in my business. I have to kind of pull myself away from it. I'd much rather be creating an Instagram reel than doing many other things. But also, I guess my background is journalism. So I used to create content for a living. And when you're a journalist, you can't say, oh, I'm not inspired today. I, I don't feel like it. I have no ideas. You have to develop structures and processes to to find ideas and to always have ideas. So when I got online and started building an online business I was a little bit like why why is everyone finding this so hard because like I it's just really easy like but I realized that it was the structures that I had in place from when I was a a journalist and and there's things that you do as a journalist to ensure that you always have content ideas I mean as a journalist you generally don't struggle but you know if you're working on some real like niche title like you know plumbing plumbing plumbers and electrician weekly or plumbers today or whatever there might not be so many breaking news stories, but you can still always have content if you if you use these processes. And I guess they're the processes that I still use today. Okay, love it. Okay, so I think one of the things I know when I have to be like creative and I have to like work on some new material, maybe when I'm doing a bit of a bit of my entertainment new stuff, I I can't force that process. But you've obviously come up with a whole bunch of processes that allow you to somehow get into that creative zone so what if someone's like thinking okay i'm supposed to be emailing my list a few times a week at least in order to keep them um keep them engaged and keep them interested and stuff where can we go to begin getting some ideas when we're planning that out so the first thing that i would always suggest that you do is you start with the money you start with the thing that you're selling and i do this thing which i wish i could think of a better name for it but 
it works, which is, um, it's called overhead planning. So the first thing I do when I create my plan is I sit down and I just, I just write down what's going to be happening over the course of a year. So in my case, um, so if I was doing a plan for 2022, I, I actually have a template that I use for this because I've got it in my planner and I would just write down Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and just write down a few things like, what am I going to be selling? So I know as we're, we're recording this, that I am going to be selling a planner this time next year. I'm going to be selling an event. I already know that. I've already got a couple of other things on the diary. So that's the first place for me is what am I going to be? If you've got a business, that's the place to start with your content. Like what am I going to be selling and when am I going to be selling it? This sends a lot of people into a blind panic because they're like, but I don't know. And I'm always a, this probably sounds a bit harsh, but if you have a business and you don't know what you're going to be selling in your business, like three six nine months down the line you don't really have a business so you've actually got a business problem and you need to fix that and take a step back and then come back and look at the content so that's always the first thing it takes about 10 minutes and whatever time of the year you're starting just look across the quarters of the year what, what am I going to be selling when and then it's about that gives you the bigger picture and I think where a lot of people go wrong with planning is or they go wrong, they find it difficult is because they're doing like linear planning and it's just torture. So you go, right, okay, it's January. I'm going to create a content plan. This is January the 1st, January the 2nd, January, by January the 4th, you, you're already like bored and fed up. So this is a way of kind of like, you, you take the bigger picture. Okay, well, and, and this helps with sales. It helps you to feel less icky or scammy about sales because if you're thinking, well, I've got to launch a planner in August, I know I need to start talking about that in maybe about June. So I've got a podcast, I need to start putting some episodes out about that. Uh, I know I've got this event happening then, so I'll pencil in. So, so you're already starting to plan just outlines in a not too kind of, um, it's not too intensive, it's not too stressy. You're just putting ideas together. And also that helps you because then if you need to find someone to interview, you've got plenty of time to do that. You've got plenty of time to get yourself organized. So that's the first thing. And then I, I recommend then that you, you you break it down to quarters. So you just put, put aside an hour or two every quarter just to sit down. And like you or I, we have weekly podcasts and blogs. A lot of entrepreneurs will have, a, it might be a weekly blog, podcast, email they send out. I mean, how difficult is it to come up with 12 ideas, like to look across a quarter? So you guys could look across the last quarter of the year, for example, October, November, December. I know you two are really organized and you've probably created your your podcast for the next like two years or something. But like, <laughs> I know you guys do this already, but it's just looking across. OK, so I mean, I was just doing it before we got on on here and I was and I was just thinking, oh, I've got I need to do a podcast on this, I need to do one on that. But is it better if I do it that week or that week? And then you're literally just penciling in an idea for each week. Again, that's not going to stress you out or feel, you know, you're not going to feel overwhelmed by that. And okay, oh God, if I need to ask that person, then I'm going to need to ask now because they're quite famous. They might say no to me. I need a contingency. So it's just about breaking it down into smaller, smaller pieces. And then it, monthly planning. So I now actually do this with my clients. We have a, a monthly planning session where you just look across the month what's going on in my business. You've already done some of that planning. You've done your annual, you've done your quarterly. So you're just filling it in a little bit. And then weekly. So we've actually introduced in my membership now, <laughs> these weekly get it plan sessions, Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock. And we were just introduced the first ones today, actually, we're doing an international one at five, where everyone comes together and you plan your content for the next, you actually create your content for the next week. But that's easy because you've already done the, the bigger picture thinking. So does that make sense? It's like, it's just like, 
breaking it down, I, w I often describe it as like being a videographer and you're taking a wide shot and then you're gradually going closer in and closer in, but it just feels less overwhelming because you're not getting into too much detail before you need to be, if that makes sense. It does. And so basically, I think a lot of people's content is just content for content's sake. It's like, oh, show us a gift for how, how you feel about Mondays. And you go, great. How is that selling more of my uh, bonsai tree growing courses? Like, it's not, it's not it's the answer. It's doing something. And it's, it, and it's, there's a place for it, I'm sure. But, and, and we do it for a reason. But there's not, but I think to start backwards is a great idea of looking at, okay, we know that we've got this, um, we've got, we're going to be talking about one of our, our courses uh, coming up soon, and it's going to be about how do you run one of those amazing online challenges. So what's the content we need to be putting out there for the, the weeks before that to get everybody in our world thinking about challenges or thinking about, and, and thinking about that kind of thing. So I love the idea of starting with the end in mind. This makes me think a little bit about the way we teach people to create subject lines. A lot of people get stuck on trying to create an email subject line because they've no idea what the content of the email is going to be or what the where they're going to send people. What's the point of it? So they're trying to create something catchy, interesting that's going to grab attention for a thing where they don't know what the substance behind it is yet. Whereas if you write the email first and then come up with the subject line, you know what you're writing about. So starting with the what's the end result? What's the thing I want to sell what's the action i want to drive somebody to and then pulling back to that to create the content is interesting in terms of what you now have to do is create that content to be interesting engaging attention grabbing so that it's not just it doesn't just blend in with everyone else who's got the same kind of content the same niche as you how do you go about doing that so there's several things to to think about there i i've come up with this thing which I teach my, I teach my clients and equally there's other people who've got their, their methods out there, but it just gives it a bit of a structure. But I, I reckon that actually most entrepreneurs create too much content and I've discovered that over about five years of helping them. So that's part of the problem with the overwhelm. It's like, it's like starting a diet, you know, like on a Monday, I'm going to post every day. I'm going to be really brilliant. And then by Thursday, you're just like, Oh God, pass me the cream cakes, but in content equivalent kind of thing. Um, so I've come up with this, this, I've come to the understanding that if you post four stars of content four days a week, that's enough. Like, and actually, if you just showed up four times a week, but you did it consistently all year, that's 16 pieces of content, of content a month, quite a lot over the year. Don't maybe add it up, but it's it's a lot. That's better than what most people are doing, which is yo-yoing, like yo-yo dieting. They're kind of, they have a few weeks where they're good and they're really consistent and they, they drop off. So I've got these four stars of content and there's plenty of other people out there who have you know content pillars or whatever and, and I just see it as like a sort of framework so um, I've got these four types we've got educational content so that's when you're helping your clients solve a problem um, answering a question that they've got you've got inspiring content so that's when you're you might be sharing um, an inspiring story um, something that's going to make people feel inspired to take action or or just make them feel better or to inspire them to keep going or you know those, those kind of messages then we've got um community community is really interesting because a lot of people actually i think i think are so boring like they're actually really quite interesting people in real life and if you go to their personal facebook they're posting really interesting stuff get them on their business page and suddenly they become mr or mrs boring or person boring uh, and and they just start sharing this like stuff about their product or service and you're like wow you know you're quite an interesting person to talk to what what's happened so and what a lot of people do it's kind of like dating i guess it's like they they just kind of go straight for the jugular like you know you've got to build a relationship it's like email marketing you've got to build a relationship so i recommend at least once a week that you're i call it community content where you're just asking questions like 
where do you live or uh what was the first record that you bought or you you guys you might be too young for that or um what car what's the first car that you had or how many goes did you have at your driving test it doesn't necessarily have to be business related it's just about building a relationship and I know you two do this in your your group really well it's just about getting to know each other and the other type and this is I like this type a lot because this this really does hark back to my journalism background is um, news and trends. So this is where you're picking up on something that's it could be breaking news. It could be uh, say you're say you're a bonsai tree. You've got a membership for people who do you make bonsai trees. I don't know what you do, but anyway, I think, I think a, you grow them. You grow them. That's it. So say for example, you know, there's some, something really big has happened, like someone's grown the biggest bonsai tree in the world or something. Um, you could break <laughs> that news to. Your- <laughs> you can break that news to your to your clients. And an obvious example is in social media. So, you know, Instagram announced that it's no longer a um, photo sharing platform. It's all about the video now. That's the kind of thing you could not just break to your audience, but but also interpret for them and um, give them the, the bits that they, they need to know because it's busy. Also picking up on news stories. So I have clients who this, the first thing I would recommend everybody does every day, regardless of what kind of business they have, is go on the BBC or whatever your, your major news site is and just look in your area and just uh, so if it's business or it might be technology or it might be um nature or whatever and just see what's happening um tv programs celebrities saying stuff or getting themselves into trouble or whatever um people love talking about the the tv show that everyone's watching bake off or whatever so that that style of content is is news and trends you can even break news about your own products or services so that's the four types and, and I feel it's a bit like um it, it kind of it's like it's like when you learn to ride a bike like you have your stabilizers on at first and then once you've you've got consistent and you're doing it regularly you can take the stabilizers off but it just kind of gives you a bit of a um, a bit of a structure so if I was to say to somebody go and create me four social media posts and these are the four suddenly that becomes easier because it's just you've got a framework to work to. So I think that that can really help is coming up with some, it could be following something like that, or it could be coming up with your own pillars, if you like. But it comes back to really knowing your audience and what they're interested in, what they need help with. Um, and what you'll find is that some audiences, so for what you do, for example, a lot of it is about educating. People just want, you know, what's the best way to come up with subject lines or how do I increase my open rate or how do I get more clicks? It's like, but for other types of businesses, it might be a bit more inspiring, like you are enough, or, you know, um, it might be about, um, you know, how to recover after being in a narcissistic relationship. If you've got a membership for um, people who are recovering from narcissistic abuse, I don't know why I picked the thing. It's the hardest thing to say, <laughs> narcissistic, <laughs> but um, so, so it's about like knowing your audience. And I find that you're, you find people are generally a bit different on different platforms. So you've got to do a bit of experimentation, a bit of bit of testing. But for me, it's about having a framework. Like you're not always starting with a blank page. You've, you've got a kind of structure to work. And then once you've got your structure, you can kind of start to play around with the rules and you can start to, to break them. Does that kind of make sense? There's so much more I could say about that. It makes think, great sense. Yeah. And I think initially you asked yeah, it, it me does. about being entertaining and engaging, which we can get onto, but does that kind of make sense? I think if you've got that structure, that's it makes perfect start, sense. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think it's a great idea of coming up with your own pillars. For, so it might be, and it might be those exact four pillars because 
going to your email, if, if your emails are the same every day, especially if you're batch creating emails, if you're batch creating emails, if it's once a week, you're batch creating them once a month or whatever, it's very easy to get into that one zone of, oh, I need to be inspiring every day. No, you don't. Because what people want is that multi, multi sort of faceted, that different light and shade, that different, the different textures that build a relationship. And I think if we all sat down and thought, what the different types of stuff I can do? I can do entertaining stories. I can do, I can teach a thing. I mean, we talk about like different types of value you can give. You can cycle through them. But then that's what you said towards the end. I want to just put a real button on that, which is then measure what gets you the best engagement. What get, and however you want to measure that. Is that the most clicks? Is that the most replies? There's, there's different value and different things there. But look at what your audience wants. Because there's no point of you showing up with inspiring content if you're if your email subscribers don't give a toss about it because you're there to serve them at the end of the day so come up with your pillars and and work through them one of the other things that you're really good at as well janet though is using the i remember one of the first times we ever saw you speak you were talking about using like awareness days you know it's national rubber stamp day and all the kind of other these these mad days that there are every day and you're able to like nobody i mean rob and i've had so many discussions about this how is janet able to take its world bubblegum day and turn that into and you should buy my planner like for us the void seems massive so how, how does you, I mean, do you know how your brain works? To well, yeah, this is going to help me, actually, because I'm just about to record a podcast episode on on the, on the process. So this is going to help me try to try and unpack it a little bit. So it might be helpful for me to talk about how people use awareness days badly and then they stop using them because right. they see other people using them badly. So a bad way to use awareness days is to get like a because my planner has like th- thousands of awareness days, key dates and prompts and things. So it's like National Sausage Day, right? So you'll see people go onto their social media and they go, hey, it's National Sausage Day. Okay, terrible example. It's National Sausage Day. (laughs) What's your favourite? It's a great example. It's the right podcast for this kind of chat. So yeah, National Sausage Day, probably the worst example I can pick. But So you'll see someone, they'll go onto Facebook and they'll be like, it's National Sausage Day. What's your favourite sausage, right? So if you're a nutritionist, okay, that might work if you are a dietitian or something. But after a while, people will get quite tired. Oh, it's National Bubble Bath Day. It's National... So it's about using them as jumping off points. So it's, so if I just pick up my, my planner now, I was just looking at my schedule for September before. So like I highlight the ones that I think, oh, I might be able to do something with that. So like working parents day, like I'm a working parent, maybe I can do something with that. So maybe I was thinking about this before I could do, I did a podcast actually, which was about over the summer, which was about um, why you shouldn't take the summer off if you're a parent. Um, and it, it's that sort of thinking. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before, um, punctuation day. So I, I did a, a, a reel, an Instagram reel, which was three common mistakes, punctuation mistakes people make on social media. Um, if you have any kind of business, you can ask people like, does it put you off? Like, would you hire somebody who had an apostrophe in the wrong place on their website or something? Like most businesses you can probably. So it's about just kind of like, not showing up on every post going, it's National Apostrophe Day. In fact, you don't even have to mention it. Like, I, I but sometimes I mention it because sometimes it can be helpful with hash, hashtags, but often I'll be like, where did I get that idea from? Oh, it came from an awareness day. We were talking about September is organic month, right? So um, 
So you might think to yourself, well, you can only use that if you are a nutritionist or you're a dietitian or you're a personal trainer. Um, but actually organic, organic traffic, organic email marketing, organic, um, I don't know if that is a thing, organic social media growth. So it's just about using them as jumping off points. You don't even have to say, but you know, you mentioned before when you're sat there and you're like, oh my God, I'm stuck for ideas. World, it's not World Book Day, it's Read a Book Day on 6th of September. Sorry, if you're listening, these are going to be retrospective dates. It's not going to be very helpful for you, but maybe helpful for next year. But um, there's loads of book days across the year. And the other thing you can do with this is once you've got a bank of posts, you can then recycle them. So sleep, there's about three or four different sleep days that come up over the year. I've actually got a bank of posts to do with sleep. And again, you can try and so so you can you can just try and think of a business angle. So um, let me see. Could you throw some business examples of people that you work with at me and we'll see if we can think of some um, ways they could use um, Okay. Um, we've got somebody who helps female entrepreneurs. We've got a coach who helps female entrepreneurs grow their businesses, get clear on like their packaging and how they package their offers. And when you say package, that's, that's online digital products, is it? Uh, no, it could be. Yeah, it could be. It could be their online digital products. It could be like how they put their offer together. So they, this is this is what I do and who I help, so they can get clarity. And on so that. it might be like how they put together an offer for a course or a yeah a membership yeah. or something like that. So I mean, there's really obvious things, isn't there? Like you could do how much sleep do you need? Are you getting enough sleep? That kind of thing's kind of a bit boring, isn't it? Um, but you could do something like um, how to wake up your email list or how to wake up your social media subscribers. How to? I mean, that's a common one you would do, isn't it? How to wake Make up your email list. Um, you could, I mean, just, just, I'm getting inspiration from you here, Janet, but you could do things like, uh, what is the skill you could do in your sleep? Yeah. 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 You know, what's the thing you could do in your sleep? Yeah. yeah. You know, could, the jumping off point is the word sleep, really. It's one of the things, um, I love that idea of just like having these jumping off points. I mm-hmm. often will use a random noun generator to come up with ideas for my emails. Mm-hmm. And actually, my first ever time I did it was the word sausage. <laughs> so I talked about what's the best sausage you've ever had. And I talked, so, um, it's the it's the it's 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 it, but it's really good to get your brain yeah. going into another lane yeah. that you hadn't thought of before. And, and um, so I did one. This is another tip I'd give as well. So I I did something on lazy day. So I I, I did something which was again you you might think lazy day. What's that got to do? I'm a serious business owner, but I thought um, <laughs> anyone could do this. Any business. So things that you can be lazy about or things that are not lazy. So I did a social media post, which did really well actually on Instagram Reels, which was, it's not lazy to repurpose your content. It's not lazy to publish the same social media on different, any business could do that. You know, if you sell beauty products, it's not lazy. It probably is. It's not lazy to 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 go to bed with your makeup on. It's probably really bad, but it's just about, like I say, using that as, um, you know, things that aren't lazy, things that are lazy, lazy ways to, uh, lazy techniques for. It, it's just, it, once you get going with this stuff, it, it just sends you, we, we did something um National Nude Day and I did something on, you know, would you post a picture on social media with no makeup on? Um, and all of this can work for your emails as well. It just gives you that, mm-hmm. it's just that little prompt that, that gets you thinking creatively and, and suddenly things become fun because I think, you know, like I said, a lot of people can be really boring on social when they have a business. And it's just about making things more fun. Absolutely love it. Absolutely. I've got no final questions. Rob, have you got anything? Just in terms of uh, this content, obviously there's a bunch of stuff you can do. The content can be used for engagement and community and all that stuff, but also we can drive people to our 
lead magnets to get them to opt in. We can drive them directly to paid offers if you want to. Obviously, we generally, I think most of the time, send people to, to lead magnets, get them on, and then sell them by email. But in terms of like the amount of uh, the ratio of posts that are just purely for the purpose of engagement and content versus list building or generating sales, how, how do you like break that down? This is a question I get asked a lot, like what percentage of my posts should be sales posts? I would say 100%. So it's like with your emails, like you put a call to action in every email, don't you? And I'm not saying that every email should be buy my stuff, buy my stuff, but everything you create should be leading towards that product that you want to sell. So for example... I know I keep mentioning it, but it's we're in launch week at the moment, but I've just launched my 2022 planner. And so over the summer, a lot of my posts, a lot of my episodes have been, we've done some very direct stuff. We get people to vote on the covers and say, which cover do you prefer and, and all that kind of stuff. And we have a wait list as well, get, come on the wait list. But a lot of my content is about educating people about content planning creation and why they might need a planner. And, and, and it's not like out and out, here's why you need a planner but it's about excuse me it's about um it's about educating people so that when my product goes on sale they're like oh yeah like I've been following this woman's stuff I I like her content it's really helpful I already know now that why I might need a content planner because she spent the whole summer (laughs) educating me about it so does that kind of make sense is that everything you put out there even if it doesn't have a I mean I I put a I put a call to action in everything it might be get my lead magnet, listen to my podcast. Like there's always a call to action, which is about moving that relationship further. But the bigger strategy is always about, about moving people towards that. It it might be a paid product. It it could be, if you're a charity, it could be about donations or whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you want, but every piece of content you put out is, is deliberate. So even that one of my social media posts that always does really well is brown sauce or brown sauce or tomato ketchup bizarre but um it's about there's a strategy to it it isn't just me randomly putting something out just for the sake of it it's like I know when I post content like that people reply to it and they get in a conversation with me and that boosts the algorithm on my page and it, it means that more people see my more salesy posts does that kind of make sense Rob it's like yeah I'm not saying every post should be like buy my stuff buy my stuff buy my stuff it's just there should be a reason like when I was a writer and as a journalist we used to every word has to work for its place on the page every social media post it has it has to be a reason there has to it has to be part of a a bigger plan that sounds very serious but you know what I mean yeah I love it really cool yeah yeah it makes perfect sense okay let's go to this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week Janet you send an email very regularly I know you've done daily you've done weekly you've tried you've tried it all um a subject line that you found particularly uh, interesting for you that you've used what would be one oh gosh um anything with a poo emoji in it um so basically <laughs> if I want to increase my open rate it's not that I randomly just go putting poo emojis and things but I know by looking at the data that if there's a poo emoji more people open it and also more more people um, uh, unsubscribe as well. But that's okay, because if they're offended by a poo emoji, you know. Um, so I think we did one the other day, which was like virtual poo or something like that. It was, um, uh, why my, I, I do, I've done things like why my events are poo or why my, um, it sounds very twee saying poo, doesn't it? Um, but um, yeah, so I'm trying to think about my best one ever. Um, they're generally the ones that cause the most people to be upset as well. Um, Oh God, what's really triggered people? Um, you, oh, oh my gosh, you might regret this. 
that really stirs something in people. So I, I will often use really? that subject header when we're closing up a launch. And I just make the point that, you know, have you ever, you know, waited to do something or forgotten about it, missed a deadline, and then you felt fed up because you had to, I don't know, doesn't know if I was allowed to swear or not, but um, fed up because you um, have missed a deadline. And you might regret this. Like people say it's threatening, it's bullying. I've had people accuse me of bullying with that, that headline, but people do open it just like the poo emojis. I love it. You might regret this. Subject, subject line, line of the week. week. Subject line, line of, of the week. week. This is awesome. Janet, people who want to find out more about you and everything that you're doing and your planners and everything else, tell us, where do we go? Best place to find me is over at my website, janetmurray.co.uk. And if you want to find me on social, at janmurray on Instagram, that's where I hang out the most. Love it. Thank you so much for being back on the show. Always good to catch up with you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See you all later. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, otherwise you might regret this.